Welcome to episode 5 of Geekin' Out with the Foos, presented by FooBarShow.com, where we talk everything geek, including movies, TVs, comic book news, and video games. I am Joe C. Foon, and up with Josh and El Foon and Seth. Remember to like and follow us on our socials and rate and review on all podcasting platforms. Foos! Yes? What's cracking, man? Oh, you know, just con what, stuff. Happening? What's happening around us, man? It's a little loud. What the fuck? What happened to Filthy Martini Studios? Well, we are currently at, uh, you know, we, we traded in the Filthy Martini Studios for L.A. Comic-Con at the convention Is that Center. what all this is? Is that why I'm dressed up? Yes, sir. You're yes. dressed up? I, I know. know. I thought this was his regular outfit. For I thought he me. was trying to prove a point. I know. The Fousey over here is dressed up as Wilfred. Wilfred. And it's been a hit. Everybody seems to dig it. At least everybody who can recognize me from the show. And a lot of people. A lot of people have been recognizing him from the show. Yes, and who, uh, you actually have been getting a lot of Wilfred calls, and you haven't even heard them. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, these floppy ears really cover up a lot of what I can hear. <laughs> all, all I hear when we pass by is, Wilfred! Wilfred! <laughs> and he's just walking right by. Oh, man. Just strutting around like I own the place. Yeah, for real. Yeah. And we got the foo over here as Monsieur Incredible. Monsieur Incredible! Yes. <laughs> we could call her Mr. Incredible, but he's not blonde. He's not blonde, so all he's missing is the little uh, French mustache. Yeah. Damn, that would have been... I have a, I have a permanent marker, <laughs> You fucked up, Phil. I have a permanent nah, marker, it's all good. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to... And you're Fat out. Tiny Rick. I am Fat Tiny Rick. <laughs> that, you know what? I'll take it. I'll wear it. Fat Tiny Rick. Tiny Rick. No, Fat Tiny Rick. Fat Tiny Rick. There you go. Tiny Rick. <laughs> He's got Steph, a- who are you supposed to be? I'm supposed to be Christian Slater's character, Mr. Robot, from Mr. Robot. Nice. Exciting stuff. Well done. Thank you. Said it just like Christian Slater, too. Sure, he sure did. What does he sound like nowadays, Steph? He yeah, turned sounds in- like Steph now, yeah. He He's Steph. turning into Steph. He's turning man. into me. Poor, poor Christian Slater. Uh, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, Fusi, what do you uh, what you see here at the console? All kinds of stuff, man. I'm really enjoying all the cosplay. A lot of uh, cool Deadpool stuff that they're they're putting up with. Um, so we just saw, oh my God, a Jolly Bee Pop. Steph bought a Jolly Bee Pop for anybody who's not from Local Southern pop. California. Well, I don't know if they're outside of Southern California or anything, it's but Filipino, it's man. it's a Filipino fast food it's from restaurant. The so yeah, it Dang was, you would have to be you, you would have to be from outside of Southern California or just you know. Filipino to understand Jollibee. Right, right. Because Jollibee... Awful food, I understand. Originated in the Philippines, and the mascot is a bee with gloves. Terrible food. Jollibee. Always a bee outside on the window. They sell chicken with gravy, sweet spaghetti, and all your... We need a Jollibee pool outfit. Cheeseburger stuffs. Well, Fu, you said something about Deadpool before you yeah, got distracted. Yeah, a lot of Deadpools here that are, like, we just saw a Shakespeare Deadpool. I would imagine it's a Shears pool or Shakes pool or however you want to say that. Pool spear. There you go. Um, uh, this one over here with the big old mallets, like these grandiose freaking props that people are using. We just saw, like, these huge swords from Final Fantasy. and Yeah, two guys were dressed as uh, different versions of Cloud, which were fucking nuts. Yeah. Um, we saw in the main stage a bunch of Deadpools. There was Mexi Pool. Mexi Pool was there, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very large variety. Um, there have been a lot of Jedi around here, but that may be due to the Star Wars lightsaber uh, store that they have a or lot booth. Of gray they have. Jedi? A lot of gray Jedi food. You don't I know. I wonder what the next movies are going to be about. Wah, wait, yeah. what? 
It might be. It might be about the great Jedi. Who knows? But to expand a little bit more on the Mexican Deadpool, you know, since they're always breaking the fourth wall, you think that they made him pay for it? Ha, 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 ha. Wow. That's what was torn uh, You get it. Were you writing that down before you, uh, you know? <laughs> I've been wanting to crack that gem all day. Oh, okay, okay. I thought, I thought so. I thought so. After it made its way out of the think tank, I guess. <laughs> we actually got to see the uh, office reunion. That was that was pretty awesome. reunion of sorts. Kate Flannery, Creed Baxton, uh, the guy who plays Kevin. Brian Bob Nunez. Yep, yep. Um, Leslie David Baker and food. the rest. Yeah, and then just... Uh, Phyllis Smith food. Oh, and Phyllis, Phyllis that's right. And Creed. And Creed Yeah, Bratton. I said Creed. Um, Creed Bratton as Creed Bratton. Creed Bratton. That guy always has it on. Like, he's just on. <laughs> that guy's just on for, like, all the witty banter that he's always about, man. Like, oh, dude, it was great. The first off, warning, telling everyone to please, please not sacrifice animals to the creed of, to the cult of Creed. Yeah. You know, he appreciates all the uh, the pictures in their closets with the incense burning. But please, no animal sacrifices. Let's save the animals, guys. Yeah. Save the animals. <laughs> yeah, it was cool. Uh, yesterday we had uh, we we were here on Friday. We're we're here today, Saturday, and we saw some cool stuff yesterday in regards to like what was up on the main stage. Uh-huh. Uh, today we also saw Elijah Wood. Yeah, yeah, he was. There. It's a shame I wasn't closer enough to to him that I can like maybe harass him from the crowd. Uh, unfortunately, yeah. I mean, uh, it's pretty we were, far away. We were pretty far away. There was only one other uh, Wilfred-esque. Character. It Deadpool. Was Deadpool. It was a, yeah. Will Pool. Will Pool. Pool Will. Pool Fred. Pool Fred. Pool Fred. There we go. There we go. <laughs> Pool Fred. Or, yeah. Dead Fred. Well, that just doesn't sound nice. Yeah. You, you How about do. Deadpool? No. Well, no, that's too. Uh, no, because well, he was. Because uh, he was also Wilfred. Oh it was pretty God. much Wilfred okay, wearing, wearing the de- oh. Deadpool mask. But um, you don't like Joe C when he's mad. Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't like me when I'm mad. He'll be Hulk. Will be hopeful for it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. What stuff have you seen, man? Um, well, I, was, I actually did like that trailer they showed for um, Daniel Doesn't Exist. Yeah. That looked, or Daniel's Not There. It's kind of like a, if Wilfred was a scary movie. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think it's like, uh, they said it was along the lines of like Donnie Darko or Jacob's Ladder. Very took inspiration from a lot, a lot of those types of movies, and uh, it looks pretty crazy from his. Com- uh, like a Fight Club situation yeah. where, like, uh, some guy that he can see is making him do things, but he's not really there, yeah. and he has to figure that out along the way. Yeah, and uh, it, it looks pretty crazy. It's by his company, production company, Spectrevision, yep. that also did uh, Mandy, which apparently got. Pretty great reviews. I still haven't seen it. I need to get on. I haven't that. either, but I heard it got really good reviews. Yeah, I keep hearing great things about it, and it's available right now. I think we can watch it anywhere, um, stream it anywhere at the moment. Uh-huh. So we uh, we got to get on that. But foo. Speaking of streaming, we yeah. saw El Camino last night. We did see El Camino last night. It was amazing, dude. It really takes you on a ride. Pardon the pun. About what ends up happening to Jesse after he gets out of that crazy situation he was in, and um, all like, the mental shit that he goes through. Dude, that was crazy. Yeah, I mean, because where they leave off in Breaking Bad, we just see him drive away. Like we they, have they, absolutely no idea what happened. They complete Walter's story, but not Jesse's. So this was completing Jesse's story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his character was that important to the show. It one, was. Once him, Heisenberg. It was one half of the show. Pretty. Once much. Heisenberg went off the walls and went to like Alaska himself. He went to Alaska himself, yeah. right? And You're he was just to, living yeah. there Yeah. before he decided to come back. Yeah. So. And save Jesse. Yeah, and it took a whole year for him to 
actually do that and save him. And in the meantime, Jesse was getting tortured in a cage. Which is insane. He's treated like a wild animal. Like, yeah. they had him tethered to, uh, in the movie, they have him tethered to the garage, like a rack on the garage. Yeah. Oh, man. Great movie. Uh, Vince Gilligan. God once, damn it. Once again, he delivered. Great job. Uh, everyone, if you don't have Netflix, um, just borrow someone else's password and uh, watch El Camino. Yeah. I mean... I know not everyone can afford Netflix right now. It was a very satisfying story as a whole. Yeah. Like, really kind of... Because I didn't know that I had doubts about what was happening while he was in the cage. I just thought, you know, Jesse was in a cage for an an extended amount of time. And now they explained all the bullshit that he had to go through, which yeah, is crazy. Man, that's nuts. That's it's and it. then and then once now he's out, he's just a guy who has nothing to lose. So yeah. he's he's doing what he has to do to survive and you know get away from the cops because he's got he's he's on his way to Alaska too, you know. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, I, mean, it, I honestly it was great. Again, I best love way they think it ended. I love all the moments in the show where it's kind of cliffhanger esque and he's in imminent danger. Yeah. Like, that was part of the original show I liked a lot, and they brought that, like, three or four times to the movie, so it was a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah, great. Steph, what do you think? I really enjoyed the movie. Sadly, I fell asleep. Oh, goddammit. You know what? It was the con. I just had way too much fun yesterday, and I took myself out, and I knocked out on the couch in a position where my arm fell asleep and my glasses were pushed up against the bridge of my nose, so I I made a little indent and... um, but, you know, the parts that I saw were satisfying, and I will go ahead and watch the last half of it. Yeah, the worst. You, uh, you and Josini <laughs> that watched the rest of it. Uh, the, the last 30 minutes were a little spotty for me. I was, I was <laughs> in an It was like the best part. Look yourselves. God. But it was the best part. Yeah, well, I'll have to rewatch it. It'll give me an excuse. That's what I just said. Round. Wow. Thanks, Foob. Your vote of confidence is reassuring. Oh, yeah. Good, good, good for me. <laughs> well, uh, you know, coming back to the con, uh, we actually had a good first con! day um, interviewing, um, you know, the uh, VP of development from Legion M. Yeah, David Baxter from Legion M uh, took, took a few minutes to speak with us. And, real uh, nice guy. Yeah, real cool guy. He was telling us a lot about what it takes to develop a movie, who approaches who, the collaboration that goes into it. I think Matter the- of fact, we'll just play it right now. So how does it work with these projects? How do you, do you reach out to them? Do they reach out to you? How does the process kind of like? Well, you know, with Mandy, when I read the Mandy script, mm-hmm. I, I knew a couple of things going in. I mean, on the surface, it seems like just a revenge fantasy. But I knew the director was Panos Cosmatos. Now, Panos' dad, George Cosmatos, did Tombstone, Cobra, and Rambo 2. Oh. And his dad passed away, so I knew that this was going to be an homage to those kinds of fans, yeah. you know, those revenge fantasy films that his dad did. But Panos is like Stanley Kubrick. Every single frame is this beautiful thing. So, Piece of art. Yeah, so, and I had worked with Nick Cage in the past, and I knew that when Nick commits to a role, he just completely commits. I mean, the guy memorizes everybody's lines. He's that good. Yes. He's a t- People think he's like this crazy guy. He can be eccentric, but he's a total professional. He's a chameleon. Yes, and he dives into it. So I knew that a combination of Nick with Panos was, und- was undeniably going to be a movie that people could not ignore. And we couldn't, you know, it was, I couldn't convince everybody at the company at the beginning. 
but once we got to see some of the footage, everybody was full in. And then it got went to Sundance and, you know, did incredibly well there. Yeah. It was wonderful. So, you know, we we look all over the place. We also, you know, look for articles in the news. I mean, whatever, we're always thinking, what would our fans, our members, and our investors be into? And we have a number of tools to find out. We have a thing called Impulse, where we'll do little log lines. You know, would you like A, B, C, or D? And some of these things are totally made up, stupid stuff. Yeah. But sometimes we sneak in things that we actually are looking at. Okay. Many times when we get projects, for legal reasons, we can't reveal that much to the Legion about it ahead of time. Because what we need to do is save that news. You know, when we announce it, we need to save the news for when we announce it. Yeah, you don't want to spoil yourself. Exactly. But in the, you know, in the case of we have a project, I can't tell you too much about it except to say, and there was an article that we kept getting sent by people at Legion M. Like, dude, somebody should make this movie. And it turned out that there was a member of Legion M who had actually written a script oh, wow. about that person. And because it was talking about in the forums, it got to us. And it turned out the script was awesome. So hopefully we'll be making it's it. That's nice when it works out that way. Well, it's yeah. the best thing. Look, the best scenario is we make movies that were actually written or that, that a member or uh, an investor was actually part of. Because that's the whole point of this community is to you know, get us all together and, and create a fandom that can move from project to project and get behind it. I mean, usually we make an investment. That way anybody who gets shares can rightfully say, I own a piece of that. I mean, I own a piece of Jay and Silent Bob reboot. Right. I mean, fantastic. that's fantastic because you've got an emotional and a financial reason to want to invest and get behind it. Um, I, mean, I can't tell you, this is, this is the coolest job I've had because, you know, when you work for a studio or when you work for a regular production company, nobody wants to talk to the fans because they, they want all of the credit for themselves. And, and it makes no sense. It's like, if you, if you can get your people behind it, Share the glory. Yeah. It's all it's it's all good. What happened at Sundance this year was the crazy. So we have a thing called Film Scout, and what we thought is we've got over a hundred thousand people who are behind us. We can use them as talent scouts. You know, we could we could literally okay every member who's at LA Comic Con go find a comic book that nobody's seen before. I mean, nobody has the, that kind of, yeah, we have all these people to go look for us because they're helping themselves yeah. by helping us. So we went to Sundance, and there's like about 120 films over the course of two weeks. And there's, we're a small company. There's me, and uh, there's our CEO, Terry Lubroff. Without help, we'd be watching movies literally from 9 a.m. to midnight every single day. Our brains would be fried. We wouldn't be able to think straight. <laughs> what we decided to do is, okay, let's take a, the log line, the, the brief description of every film, put it into a database, and ask everybody to vote on it and gamify it. Like, would you, 
We ask two questions. What do you want to see? And what do you think is going to do well? So you get two different things out of it. You find out, one, what, what do our people want? And we had like a top 10 films. Now, obviously, the first, the upper top ones had mostly already been bought before the festival even started. But there was one film, and we would never have guessed it. It was a documentary, but it was about the making of Alien. And yes. so we picked our Legion, essentially, picked which film we would be the first one that we would buy and distribute. And it turns out it is a freaking awesome film. And um, that was actually going to be our follow-up question: was how Legion M actually got involved in the documentary for the how. Alien movie. It was through Film Scout. So here's the second part of it. So with the second question: we were able to identify who in our Legion is good at picking. You know, in other words, even if they pick movies that we didn't get involved with, yeah. but that those those movies were successful. We could find out who's good at picking things. And they get a little Film Scout pin. And then when when movies come in for us to look at, we can then approach this smaller group within the whole community and ask them, hey, what do you think about this? Because we know that your finger's on the pulse of what's going on. So we can't, listen, movies aren't, they're not made by committee. You know, art isn't made by community. Yeah. But there are ways to use the power of the crowd, the hive mind, to help you whittle down and focus what you're doing. And we think that gives us a huge competitive advantage over any other production. Absolutely. I think when I was in high school, one of the things that I had a gripe about, for example, from some of the uh, comic book movies that were coming out at that time, I'd be like, well, I really hope that they stay to the subject matter that I was really hoping for. No, they kind of, well, they Hollywooded it, you know? So they kind of changed that, I suppose, because of the investments that were involved with it. And that's that's not the case with Legion M. No, the students... The studio has a, they've got a duty to minimize risk and maximize profit and monetize art. And it, not in that order. I mean, maximize profit's number one. So they have a different agenda. We're trying to maximize artistry first. We're trying to lean in on the creative ideas. We don't, we don't need to get rich this second. We need to build up and be a curator of what is cool and what the fans want to see. If the studios would just listen to the fans, they'd save themselves a lot of money on reshoots and redoing things. They want to make it so so if it's good, they get credit. They would avoid the Justice League debacle. That's exactly. Yeah. They would have. They wouldn't have seen any Justice League or debacle. Batman versus Superman debacle. No, if I all mean, they had to do was go to the fans. Yeah. So we're the fans. That's what Legion M is. And that's fantastic. It, you want to ask him about the comic book? Yeah. So there's actually a comic book um, that, that we you're co-oping. That you guys are co-oping. So and girl, with, girl no with no name. Yeah. Yes. So, that's an interesting story. So a little over a year ago, uh, a friend of mine was a director, a woman director named Tanya Wexler, knew what we were doing and got very excited about it. She said, look, 
I have a screenplay that won the best screenplay out of Slam Dance. It's a woman western. It's an homage to the spaghetti westerns. But I want to do it like 300 or Kings of It. I want to do a super stylized thing. And this is before the Me Too movement. Okay. So as a woman director, people be, oh, the script's awesome, man. Uh, but would it be okay if somebody else directed it? Yeah. Oh. And she's just like... So what the hell, man? <laughs> no, that would not be okay. Yeah. And, you know, she had gotten some major stars attached. And, you know, once again, they kept going back saying, well, you know, this is a... Like, oh, this is an action movie. And, you know, it would be better if we would... She's like, no. So she said, look... I know that you, meaning me, I, I had written comics for Image Comics, and so very plugged in to the comic book world since the 70s. And I knew a lot of people you know, who actually make it. And I said, well, one thing we could do is we could do essentially a test case. Why don't we assemble an all-woman creative team and make a comic book that gives you a slice of the origin of this character? So that an audience would get know about it beforehand. Yeah. You know, I I am always like I can't believe like Mortal Engines. Yes. So Peter Jackson, great book series, makes this movie, and they don't bother to tell anybody about it beforehand. Like, how can people get into something if they don't know about it? Exactly. Yeah, companion comic books are like the best part. Yeah, but it's when been you bring in now, and I mean, people like Paramount, Star Trek's always figured it out. Yeah. Where they'll do like preview books to kind of get people up to speed. Yep. Yeah. But we thought, okay, let's do a comic book, and let's do let's do it on Kickstarter. You know, but just enough to get you know the comics made, and then we can use the comics when we go out and pitch for our partners and studios. Everybody likes to. It's, a, it's like having a. It's like having a storyboard in right your hand. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we thought, okay, to produce this, we need to raise about ten grand. So we made our goal at six, and we raised one hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. Whoa! You know, so now we have all these different kinds of. Wow! But the other cool thing is, one of the perks that we offered was for people to actually like have a development session with a director so those people who get that perk will impact the film itself wow so it's that's we're, we're I'm very excited I love the comic book medium and I I hope that we can do more of these yeah but yeah it's a really really cool way of approaching it so we are we're we're totally open it doesn't just have to be feature films we've got television we've got animation comic books as long as there's that creative if there's a fandom around it, or we can build a fandom around it, You're bad. it's fair game. Yeah. Right on. Does um, that make sense? Yeah, totally. I mean, look at my next question was Jay and Silent Bob. What made you guys want to, you know, join in on the reboot? Well, so that that goes back to our relationship with Stanley. Okay. So you may or may not know, we organized a handprint ceremony for Stanley. But the reason that we did that was. Stan gave me my first big break in Hollywood, so I've known him for 25 years. And when I told him about Legion M, he like said, David, 
uh, a movie studio owned by the fans. That's such a good. That's such a good idea. I should have thought of it. <laughs> and, and he and he was allowed himself to be quoted actually in, in the L.A. Times. So he was one of the first big Backers. proponents, uh-huh. you know, and owned shares at a very early time. And we said, Stan, one of the things we're interested in doing is a virtual reality interview because we want people 50 years from now to be able to know what it's like to sit at a table and be around you. Yeah. And is there somebody that you would want to interview? And he didn't hesitate. Well, yeah, Kevin Smith, of course. Oh, yeah. So we called up Kevin and asked if he'd do it. He said, of course. Of course, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we, we shot it and with two 8K cameras. Yeah, so 16K, <laughs> stereoscopic. Um, I mean, you, you literally, you can't project it. It's beyond human perception. I mean, uh, the technology has to, had to come up. To, yeah. Get it. So that hasn't been released. But while we were at, you know, shooting this stuff, I was like, you know, we should probably get some footage of people about, you know, how Stan has impacted their lives. And I'm like... Anybody ever like you know done like a show about that? And another executive was like, does he have his hand and footprints at the Chinese? And so let's find out. And he didn't. And we're like, let's do it. Let's make it happen. Oh, and then man. we had we had this incredible party and Stan was awesome. And Stan's wife had just died ten days earlier. Uh, so we didn't know whether he was even gonna show up. Oh. But it ended up being, I think really great for him to be around his yeah. fans at a really hard time. Of course. So, once we met Kevin, Kevin's like, this is a good idea. <laughs> and, and once you get him talking, well, there's no, no stopping him, There's right? no stopping him. He was the, the <laughs> MC for the handprint ceremony. And then when Stan passed away, Kevin and I were actually supposed to see Stan like the Friday before he died. Mm. And we weren't able to do that. I went to Kevin's podcast. He died on a Monday. It was on a Tuesday. Uh-huh. And I said, "Dude, let's do, let's do a, you know, a memorial for the people." Of course. Which, which right. Yeah. He said yes. And so it was the course of all that. Yeah. That we found out that he was doing this. He didn't need to bring in Legion M. Didn't need our money. Yeah. But he took it because he believes in what Legion guys, M stands yeah. for. So that's how this happened. That's awesome. Uh, that's awesome. Hey. You know, we're not just, we're, we're, we're not like Blue House. Right. It's like just one thing. We want to do what our fans want to see. That's science fiction, it's great. If it's a biopic, it's a heist film, as long as there's something that everybody can rally around. You know, something cool, something different. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's it's great to see that you guys entered the VSQ universe. Yes. Uh, <laughs> maybe there will be more in the future. Oh we'll God. see. Clerks three. Oh, Clerks three. I cannot oh. wait. I cannot wait. I'm really super excited about this. So Brian O'Halloran, you know, obviously Dante. Yes. He's not even supposed to be here today. He's here. He's yeah, right, I know. Right there. <laughs> right there. So it turns out he's, a, he's in school Dungeons and Dragons player. Oh. And tomorrow we're doing a speed D&D Tomb of Horrors module. Oh my run, god. Run by Luke Gygax, the son of Gary Gygax. Oh. And Brian's playing. 
Yeah, that's gonna be. Is that gonna be here? By. It's one thirty in room. Oh, won't we'll be here. Forty AB. It's on Sunday. Okay. Oh, okay. You can do it from by. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think we will. Yeah. I no, think we're we really we're into tabletop and yeah. we're, we're trying to find projects. Very cool. That kind of tap into that. Suggestion: Do a Settlers of Catan. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I do that. <laughs> There's definitely a following. The, the triple expansion. <laughs> <laughs> Where else can uh, I mean? Where yeah, can where fans can we go so donate? You can find out everything you need to find about Legion M at legionm.com or Legion M. That's our our website, Legion M official on Facebook and Instagram, and um, WeFunder. If you actually want to buy shares, there's a round open. So go to WeFunder.com. Okay. Oh, well, David, this has been a thin slice of heaven. Thank you for your time. Are you kidding, man? We're gonna <laughs> come by any time. Absolutely. Well, thanks for being on the Food Bar Show, David. Thank you very much. You guys, Thanks, David. Thank you so Thanks much for lot. coming by. Yeah. Absolutely. And we're back. And we're back. Yeah, that was a great, great interview. For I us. love yeah. the direction he said that they're taking. Uh, and what really hit me uh, yesterday and what we just heard is when they're actually like, they're recognizing the talented fans and their likes. Yeah, the fan sourcing is That's a great That's a really competitive that, advantage. He's right. Yeah. You yeah. Because you're, you're, you're doing fanfare and you're doing shit the fans want, mm-hmm. which is what makes these movies popular. And it makes for really cheap advertising. Yes. Very powerful and very affordable advertising. They're doing the marketing for them. Yeah. And, and also helping them with talent acquisition because they are finding this, uh, you know, the, these talents or, you know, these sources of literature or material that they think would be popular and you, you know what it's working it's working they're doing a good job uh, they're also working along you know as you heard they're working along with the Jay and Silent Bob reboot and that's a great story that he told yeah and Clerks 3 yeah, Clerks is 3 now on board with them so um, god damn dude you know I'm really glad Kevin Smith didn't kick the bucket oh yeah yeah <laughs> wow. no hey man I, I yeah, he's coming out with some good stuff agree. Um, Christine, my friend Christine and I saw the Jay Silent Bob panel, and they were kind of fucking around with the guy that was doing the sign language interpretation. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, say, shoobity doobity, shmoobity booty. And he was just like, I don't know how to translate that. <laughs> and, at, and at one point, um, Jason Muse said, Jason Muse is, what, what did he say? He's like the king of all cunts. And he made him sign it. And he's just, like, <laughs> doing one of these taps where, like, he's doing the downward triangle and <laughs> in front of everybody. So that's the sign for cunts? Yeah. Apparently. Nice. All right. You guys it's see just, that's... It's just what we thought of middle school food. Yeah. I knew like it. Diamond Dallas Page. <laughs> Diamond up to down is pussy. You're just calling everybody a cunt I know. national he TV. He was ahead of it all. Hey, yeah. look, there's a guy that's dressed as Winnie the Pooh. That's not, that's not that's a guy. Chi- that's China's president, oh, man. That's not a guy either. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops. Well, um, uh, continuing on. I've actually been seeing a lot of Luffy's yeah, a lot and of a lot of uh, Toga from uh, My Hero. Yeah. Uh, there's, a lot of Lu- there's a lot of Luffy from One Piece. There's a lot of Toga, Himiko Toga from My Hero Academia. Yeah, she, she was actually sitting next to us earlier, and she had, like, the little... Uh, uh, the little blood extractors attached to her. Oh, dope. It was fucking sick. That's dope. Like, we've seen a lot of Dekus, uh, you know, and a lot of Bakugos around here, so... Um, oh, a shitload of Dekus. A shitload of Dekus. My Hero actually just premiered um, the anime. The just Season 4 just premiered today, and uh, I saw the episode on the way to the con, 
and I'll wait for the food to see it before I talk about it more. Maybe Good even douchebag. Maybe I'll wait till next <laughs> next week's and recap both of them for the fans that are yeah, there my go. girl of academia. Also, speaking of uh, Winnie the Pooh, I just brought that up. And uh, did you guys watch the the most recent South Park episode? There's two. There's Band in China, <laughs> and then there's uh, what was the other one? Shots. Yeah, Shots was the one. newest. That's the so, Band in China one. Oh, my man. God, dude! South Park is just. They don't give a fuck anymore. They're well, like, cancel us. Do, you do your worst. Guys. Well, it's, it's, it, as a result of that, China has taken them off of their internet. Like, that's it. Like, there's no more South Park in China. And as a matter of fact, uh, Matt and Trey put out an official apology, apology to China uh, that says, Like the NBA, we welcome the Chinese censors into our homes and into our hearts. We, too, love money more than freedom and democracy. Z doesn't look like Winnie the Pooh at all. Tune into our 300th episode this Wednesday at 10. Long live the great Communist Party of China. May this autumn's sacrum harvest be bountiful. We good now, China? <laughs> right, does this meet your needs? <laughs> is this, yeah. Uh, yeah, the episode, if you guys haven't seen it, go out and see it. It's fantastic. Yep. Uh, it's just, just great. Just great stuff. Uh, this whole season so far has been great. Even the last one shots where they're trying to vaccinate Cartman and he just runs around like a little piggy. All, all oh, the, my God. The most <laughs> ridiculous. That was the most ridiculous episode they've had to date, and it's great. Yeah. It's so great. They even have a big-ass rodeo just to pin and vaccinate all the kids. Oh, man. That's what we need now. They might become artistic, man. <laughs> oh, man. Love that play on words. Yeah, great. Um, you know... <laughs> Going back to the con, though, uh, we actually, me and the Foo actually got to test out a uh, new upcoming game uh, that's currently out on Steam for Blowfish Studios. Uh, The game was called uh, Obey Me, and it was it was pretty goddamn good. They they actually Foo they actually had a six issue comic book series, if I'm not mistaken, right? That you purchased. Yes, comic zero through five, and I purchased them all. Yeah, and you're gonna get to reading them, obviously. I hope. Ah, uh, no promises. Wait, and then He's gonna do it. I'm making him. You got pretty far in the demo, man. So how do you? What do you? What do you suppose this story is all about? Honestly, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all you, all it shows so far is that you have the ability to work with like a demon dog, and if you play co-op, you can play both as a demon dog and the, you know, the main character. Um, you fight a bunch of. It looks what seems like demonic characters um you know it doesn't really give you too much in the demo but the gameplay itself was goddamn captivating it's yeah so obey me from blowfish studios here i got it here obey me is a world where heaven and hell are locked in a millennial conflict for the souls of mankind goddamn millennials i know, uh, no. and a cooperative holy punk brawler where you fight hordes of demons mutants and angelic machines who and that's what exactly what I was doing. I'm just fighting a bunch of mutants. Ah, okay. Um, it I, reminded me a little bit of a, like a Final Fantasy type of play, but where you're where it's more fluid, where you're not stuck having to fight somebody. You can still like hit other people at the same time. It, it reminded me of League of Legends, that type of format where okay. it's like third person, you know, a little bit elevated screen above the playing field. Um, there's also another game. I think it was Gauntlet. No. Uh, um, no, 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 I'm saying the game that it reminded me of. Uh, yeah, yeah, it used to be on Xbox Gauntlet where you could play up to four four people. I don't remember the name, but they actually had another name, another game that they're promoting or demoing was uh, Winter Ember. And the big takeaway from this game was it wasn't very, it wasn't playable, but the transitional, like, storytelling scenes 
are like animated, or it's pretty much animated. Um, so they have the and they had the two artists there who did all the scenes for the the video game. Yeah. So again, you couldn't play it, but it was showing all the transitional, um, you know, animated scenes and story. You know, the kind of like a storytelling method too. Yeah, and what, what the Fu means is an animated. Also, it was an anime style. I think that's what he's trying to drive the point at. Like it looked like you're watching an anime show, and the cutscenes, and they they released a companion comic. Which, by the way, is a great, great idea for any video game, any movie, really. Anything. Just to, just to bring out companion source material before it releases. I mean, that gets people excited. Even about. the Legion M uh, VP, David, we spoke with. Yeah. Uh, he even said that, too, for that uh, that uh, Western cowgirl, you know, cowgirl. Girl with no name. Girl yeah. with no name, yeah. Like, that's what he said, too, which made, made it super popular, uh, is that they made him, you know, kind of a, a teaser uh, storyline comic yeah, introduce the characters to everybody first before you show out the movie there'll be more fanfare when that movie comes out and that yeah, way you're exactly. not you're not wasting valuable movie time you know worry build uh, world building or story yeah. building yeah it's established right it. and it's like alright let's get to the you know the conflict the real the real issue the real motive of the story yeah, of the let's, movie. Get, let's get to the nitty gritty yeah yeah exactly exactly word so guys, uh, you know I think we're about to wrap up here at the at the ye old con. Con. Um, is there anything else you want to touch up on food that I may have missed? Not really, about man. Your lightsaber, man. Yeah, oh, you got your lightsaber. Yeah, I actually uh, purchased one of these bi- battle lightsabers. Uh, it was like a mystery box for like seventy-five bucks. They had the you can get a mystery box for like the the ones with sound, but that one was two hundred. I'm, uh, I'm not about to do that. I, I got bills still. Uh, but uh, the Josh is stupid with his money, but not that stupid. Yeah. Not that stupid, guys. Uh, you know, pretty stupid, though. No. No, I, you're pretty dumb. <clears throat> well, thanks for listening to Geeking Out with the Foos. Remember to like and follow at Foobar Show on our socials and rate and review on all podcasting platforms. I'm Josie Foo, and it up with Josh and El Foo. And Step. Don't be a dick. Mm-hmm.